Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners? And welcome to episode number 109 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. There is no spoon. This is Chris. That one you're going to have to explain to me. All right. Do you want me to explain it right now? Yeah. Have you, you've seen The Matrix, right? I just watched it like a couple days ago. I must so, not have been Do you remember that, that scene when he goes to visit the Oracle? Yes. And while he's waiting, there's a little kid in there yes. who's making spoons float around. Oh, he yes. He teaches him how to bend the spoon and okay. then like does this like kind of like Zen Buddhist advice that says, you don't bend the spoon. Oh, okay. There is no spoon. Got it. Something like that. I paraphrased the quote, but you yeah. get the idea. Yeah, that doesn't stick out in my mind from that movie. Oh, that's like a famous, famous scene. Is that like the fifth element in uh, Avatar? The spoon bending. What? Oh, <laughs> I, mean, I thought no. you were going to reference the Bruce Willis movie. The no, the moment, the moment I said that, I realized. So it, you're right. really confused. Yeah, me. I apologize. So could Avatar have spoon bending? I mean, last week we introduced milk bending, so why not? <laughs> sure, Steve. All right, that's awesome. Appreciate that, Chris. Uh, so, Chris, uh, we have a review, which means it's going to lead us to a fictional background yay that's right we need to get like a uh like a sound i've thought uh, about sound effects all the time a sound tease or something like that a little uh you know yeah you know i forget what those are called uh i forget what they're called too other than sound effects i know yeah, the sound word effects. sound effects i forget uh anyway so this comes from fan Pittsburgher with nice. a smiley face and the review says great easy listening and the review reads, an insider recommended this podcast to me, and I'm so glad I checked it out. I usually put it on while I'm at work or when I'm driving for something fun to listen to. Even if you don't know all the characters or scenarios that are being put head to head, the casters make it easy to keep up with and fun. Definitely, we'll keep listening. And then they put this in parentheses. My personal favorite is the drizzling versus <laughs> dipping debate. End parentheses. Five stars. Thanks so, for that review. That was yeah, really nice. thanks, Pittsburgher. That was uh, that was a really great. So they review. said an insider. They told did them? say an insider. Do you, do you do you know like seriously? Do you know this person? I do not know okay. this person. Yeah, I I don't know. This is uh, this is interesting. I wonder if we do know them. I don't know. Do you have a fictional background? I do. Okay. I do have a fictional background for this person. So, so going off of a uh, where it says Pittsburgher. So the first thing I did was go to the old interwebs and I searched Pittsburgher, and I found out that every year there is a uh, burger competition in Pittsburgh called the Burger Bash, also known as the Pittsburgher. Honestly, it'd be sad. If, it'd be disappointing if there wasn't a, a, that a burger competition in Pittsburgh. I called mean, the Pittsburgher. Exactly. I mean, it's in the name. Yeah, you got it's. It's like not having a Frankfurt competition in Frankfurt. Is, wait, is there one? I feel like there has to be. I, I, I agree. Never, Same never, thing. If they're been. not, they're really messing. Or up a hamburger competition in Hamburg, 
which is also over there in 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 the German area. What if what if hamburger isn't the German word for what we call a hamburger though? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it is. Americans just taking it, yeah. Uh, so 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 this is some something that I thought about is their favorite episode has to do with oh ketchup, ketchup, and I would say probably the most common condiment in America to be put on a uh, on a hamburger is cheese. Exactly. So you drizzle your cheese and you dip your cheese. Uh, and also ketchup, I would say. Yeah, I was, gonna, ketchup, I was wondering if you too. considered cheese a condiment. Mm, no. <laughs> I, I don't either. I, I don't just consider mess that with a you. condiment. No, I know you are. Uh, so, so now this is the thing I was confused about. Maybe you can offer some insight. The insider. Who is the insider? You know, now it could be like someone who is an insider for a different podcast. It could be someone who works at Spotify or something along those lines. You know, like what is the insider? So that is where I kind of get a little lost here. So I was looking at like the sponsors and they have a whole uh, bunch of different sponsors for the Pittsburgher. And I was thinking that it's possible that maybe one of these people um, now, Dos Equis, we did do a Dos Equis commercial, or excuse me, no, we did not do a, do a commercial. We did a Dos Equis episode a while ago. I don't know if you remember, you're looking at me like you have no, no idea. No, actually, I was just thinking, I just like had some brain cells connect. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if I know this person. Maybe, I don't know. I'll tell you when you're done your stuff. I okay. remember the Dos Equis guy. The Dos Equis most interesting man most, in the yeah. world versus the Johnny Walker walking man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's possible, uh, that, you know, maybe Dos Equis listened to our, or listened to our episode. They really liked that. And through the burger bash in Pittsburgh, uh, this Pittsburgher gave this, uh, reviewer some information regarding our podcast. And then it just kind of, uh, has gone on from there. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. It's not the Von Trapp family stretch, but it's I, a stretch. I think it might indicate you're having some maybe delusions of grandeur about how successful our <laughs> podcast is. That someone from Dos Equis listened to it and then recommended it to someone from, what are you saying, from Pittsburgh? From Pittsburgh, yeah. I feel like that's it's possible. To it's possible. It's, sure. it's, it's possible, yeah. So now you said you have... Uh... So I, I do I do have a cousin who lives in Pittsburgh. Okay. And if it's possible that by the insider who recommended it to him may have been another of my family members who listens to it. Gotcha. And I do know they recently were together somewhere. Okay. So maybe at, when they when they were there... It came up. It might have, might have it come out. up that way. So that could be the insider. Yes. That's that's not from within the recording studio insider, but our he, insider he, to us. Our insider to us, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that may not be a fictional review. So now you got a fictional review and maybe a real the first a, ever the first actual ever actual guess. actual person that we might know who this is. It is completely possible. You'll have to have to reach out and see. I'll text him and check. Yeah. Well we'll see. That'd be that'd be cool to see. So uh, thank you very much uh, to Pittsburgher for leaving that review. And uh, let us know how Dos Equis is doing, <laughs> if we're close at all. Uh, you ever been to Pittsburgh? Uh, no, I never have. Have you? We went back in November. It was very, very nice there. Yeah, it was a good time. How, how does the city feel? Like, Can you compare it to another city around? I know or no? Uh, no. Unique feel? It's a unique feel, but it's a good unique feel. Uh, it's, it's very clean very clean but it also feels it felt kind of small in a sense and not in a bad way like i feel like when you like go to new york city it just feels 
like so big and so congested. Mm -hmm. But when we were in Pittsburgh, like we had no problem driving around whatsoever. It was it was very, very enjoyable and very easy. Oh, great. That's similar yeah. to how I felt in Vancouver as like a okay. It wasn't that clean of a city, but it was pretty <laughs> clean and it it was a city, but it it didn't feel like overwhelming when you're in it. Yeah, but. I don't know. I've never been to Pittsburgh, so sorry if I offended you by comparing you to a Canadian city. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of close to Canada. Are they? I mean, they're on the... I mean, not... All right. When I say kind of close, I mean, they're closer to Canada than other areas. In the grand but... scheme of the universe, they're sure. They're, <laughs> yeah, close, they're to close to Canada. Yeah, I shouldn't say it like that. Like, they're a stone throw from Canada. Uh, so, like I said, so thank you very much, uh, Pittsburgher, uh, for leaving that review. So, remember, if you want to have a fictional background for you uh, read live on our show, please make sure you leave us a review on iTunes where we can uh, check that out. And uh, it, it doesn't have to be five stars. It could be honest. We, that's what we want. We want pure honesty. So, if you think we're doing a crap job, let us know. If you think we're doing a average job, let us know. True. But if you are uh, in my family and you rate us less than five stars, <laughs> I'm, I'll probably you'll hurt my feelings. Uninvited to... What are you thinking? Christmas, Thanksgiving? Like, what would be like the I, worst thing to be uninvited? From? I don't have that kind of power in the family to just uninvite someone. Okay, but I can give them like dirty looks. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That'll show them. That'll show you leaving less than a five stars. All right, so uh, so Chris, so last week we started a new way of doing polls, and uh, for those of you who may not have listened to that episode or may have forgotten. Uh, the way we're doing polls from now on is that there will be a link in uh, every show going forward where you can click, and that will take you to a, uh, a form that you can fill out where you can vote for who you think would win uh, in that week's episode. Now, these forms are going on indefinitely, so you don't have to worry about them expiring or getting to them uh, in a certain time frame. And yeah. I can... Suck on that Twitter poll. That's right. And everybody doesn't have Twitter. Some people have reached out and said they appreciate it more because they didn't even have Twitter. Twitter. I haven't voted on a poll in months. <laughs> this was the that's first why, one. That's why you've always been losing. It probably it is. It probably has. It came down to that one vote. So, uh, so we've gotten we've gotten uh, some responses here. So, I think going forward, we can always just talk about the previous episodes' poll results as of now, maybe, and then obviously these numbers will change as more people listen to them. Uh, but as of this recording, currently, uh, the Keebler Elves uh, is forty four point four percent to Snap Crack on Pop Rice Krispies fifty five point. Six percent, but like I said, that number can continue. So close. To, it, it's so close. close. Yeah, it's a nail biter. That number can continue to uh, to change. And like I mentioned, also in our uh, previous episode, and like going forward, uh, in the in this show notes, you will see a link for www.whowouldwincast.com/vote. Uh, you could also type that in into your browser or on your phone, and uh, you can go to uh, our website where we have. Every episode. Every episode is there, and you can click the thumbnail, and you can vote for every single episode we've ever had, even though if they're from three or four years ago. Speaking of which, Chris, uh, when this episode comes out, it will be one day after our fourth anniversary. Wow. We've been doing this podcast for four years. Oof. A lot has changed in four years, both in the world and uh, socially between between us, your family growing, uh, marriage house buying all that kind of stuff. you bought a second house yep and it's all chronicled across the who would win podcast that's right it is if you want to see the history of our lives <laughs> for the past four years just this, listen to the first 10 minutes of every podcast <laughs> that, this is going to be like our uh, family videos growing up you know mm -hmm. we could say hey listen to the first 10 minutes of every podcast episode and you can see what was going on at the time uh so yeah so that's that's what we got going on for that so make sure you check that out in the description below or at www.whowouldwincast.com slash vote Chris, Wait, don't ask me yet. I got one other comment on the oh, polls. Go ahead. I apologize. It'll, it'll be cool in like 100 years when our, our poll results, we'll have like millions of responses on the polls, I'm sure. And we'll basically be like, 
the Wikipedia of fictional fights. <laughs> like people will have a discussion with their friend and be like, "Hey, who would win in a fight? Like Batman or like twenty ants on top of it, on top of each other?" That was a bad example, but whatever. And then they'll go to the Who Would Win cast. They'll search it. There'll be hundreds of right. things to look for. Right, and they'll they'll have millions of and votes. They'll be like, look, right, that's who won? This is the consensus. It, it comes it comes pretty close. The world decided. The world decided that it was twenty million ants. Yes, I said twenty ants, and that was really oh, low. I sorry, that was sorry. a really low that was amount a really of ants. Low amount of ants. <laughs> twenty. I think we just found a new episode. <laughs> I, I'm not feeling great on my improvisation in this episode. <laughs> All right, Chris, you ready to get started? Yeah. You think so? You sure? Yeah, you go ahead. You can ask. The okay. Thing now. You sound a little, you sounded a little, uh, all right. So, uh, please remember if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us an email at who would win cast at gmail.com. And also consider checking out our website, www.whowouldwincast.com, where you can keep up to date with new episodes and all of our polls for current and previous episodes. And you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating on iTunes so it helps us spread the word about our show. And we will give you a shout-out on the show. Chris, what are we talking about today? Today we have a battle of, uh, I was going to say fictional worlds, but that's like everyone. So (laughs) this is a uh, digital world, I suppose, is a better description? Yeah, yeah, digital world. Uh, It'll be uh, Neo. From the Matrix, yeah, versus Parsifal now, from the Oasis, from the Oasis and Ready Player One. Now, I think this was suggested by a member of your family. Yes, it was. Favorite? It was suggested by my aunt Donna. Oh well, thank you very much, Aunt Donna. I thought it suggesting. was a great suggestion. Yeah, I think this is a great suggestion. Uh, so, so what do we have uh, for Neo? So, I mean, so Neo from the Matrix. I'm glad you remember that because right? you apparently saw it. Two I, days I just ago. I just watched it like four days ago, but the the, the spoon. I guess the thing. spoon didn't have a big effect on you. No, not at all. I mean, there was no spoon. Isn't that crazy? What it, if there is no podcast microphone in front of me right now? It's all, it's all, wow, it's this all, is all a, an illusion in my brain, you know, from the, from the, the powers that be programming you thinking that you're seeing it or robots in the case of the matrix, right? Right. Exactly. So have you ever heard of the, uh, what would you call this? Like psychological thought experiment, the brain in a vat? No. So this, uh, I have no idea to who to attribute this to some old person thought of it. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> old like it was it's not new it was a long right. time ago right yeah. i don't know how old they were when they thought of it right it is now an old thing <laughs> yes sorry yeah anyway it's it said basically uh you would not be know the difference between like you know living your life like you think you do in the world on earth blah 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 okay. and the fact and or that your brain was in a a vat okay know, that's where it gets its name from connected to all kinds of sensors and input and output stuff to basically simulate the world that you tricking think you tricking in. your brain that you are experiencing those things yes. that you're really not and you really have no way of knowing because your brain is the th- that's all th- th- yeah. your brain is the thing that tells you exactly all the things that you're experiencing so that's that's uh similar to how the matrix works yeah yeah absolutely the matrix is a uh digital construct made by robots often they refer to them as the machines mm-hmm. a lot in uh in the matrix and basically they kind of uh I'm going to say imprison a human in these little pods. They artificially grow the humans too, correct? Yes. And they're just trying to harbor them for energy. The plot of the Matrix is they are using them for energy, yes. Mm -hmm. In the original There's like an energy shortage, I believe, of some sort. 
I don't know. They might say that. Yeah. In the original script. Well, I just watched it five days ago, so I remember well, that. I don't I'm remember, gonna I don't I'm gonna do an spends. early fun fact. I'm gonna do a fun oh, fact ooh, preview. Okay. And a lot of Matrix people probably fans probably already know this, but the original script basically used the humans for computing power. Okay. Kind of like the network the power of their brains, and they thought that was uh kind of too confusing for like general audiences to yeah. grasp so they kind of changed to like the battery thing i think that makes sense and then morpheus could do that scene where he holds up the battery yeah so oh like, yeah they true. turn you into this and then duracell got a little plug yeah. that was my lawrence fishburne impression uh you're, you're, you're getting there well i mean it's either, that's a tough impression yeah that's true that's like trying to do morgan freeman or something you can't do that no way no way uh so anyway matrix uh digital world your brains your brain's plugged in Robots are uh, using your body for battery power. Okay. And they just want you to basically, like, live your life never knowing all this. And while well, you're living your life in the Matrix. Exactly. Like a, it's kind of like a computer simulation. So in the real world, you're just in, like, this giant, giant pod. pod with, like, red goo all around mm-hmm. you, and your body's all hooked up to, to these uh, these tubes and, yes. and, and different pipes. One goes in the back of your head. I guess that's probably like, the main. That's the, yep. Yeah, it's the main one. The main one, yep. <laughs> That's what they call that, I'm sure. I just saw it five um, days ago. So so many things to talk about with them. This movie's 20 years old. Came out in 1999. Yeah. Uh, to a pretty good deal of success. Yeah. It was, because um, it's rated R. Mm-hmm. It was the highest grossing rated R film, I think, until Deadpool. I might be wrong about that. But it was it was very high uh, for that. I think it was like four hundred fifty million dollars for nineteen ninety nine. That's nothing to sneeze at. It, it had a lot of uh, maybe not quite revolutionary special effects, but like the way they were used um, and like in the action scenes of them. Yeah, where like those like three sixty really shots. cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, a lot of like stuff people were probably seeing for the first time, even if it maybe wasn't the exact first example of their use, but. Um, I did not see it when it came out. I was like 11 mm-hmm. or 10. So would have been a little. I couldn't have yeah. seen it in the theaters, but right. I remember seeing it, I don't know, when I was a teenager at like uh, a friend, like a sleepover or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved it. It was like my favorite movie I'd ever seen. I think a lot of young boys, I shouldn't say I, young boys, but young children who saw that yeah. as teenagers, I think when they saw that, they definitely gravitated towards it and thought it was so cool and that neo was awesome and yeah, so, they want to dress up like him so yeah so neo is awesome neo is played by keanu reeves in the matrix he has like this kind of special ability that he's called the one which right. means he has a special connection to the matrix mm-hmm. um so he can do basically he can interact with the kind of computer code that makes up the world so he can change things, including like himself and his representation in the Matrix. Yeah, he can like do whatever he wants. Pretty much, he can he can change anything he wants. It gives him basically super strength, superhuman agility. He can fly. And some people, I think you might and I might have had this conversation off air, but I think we were talking like people consider him a superhero. Yes, right. Uh, in Wiki- terms of the Matrix, within the Matrix, Wiki- he's basically I think a superhero. Wikipedia considers him a superhero as well. Yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, because he has the power to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Including, pretty famously, stop bullets. He could stop bullets. He could fly backwards without falling over. <laughs> what? You know how he does, like, oh. he's dodging the bullets? Oh, the yeah, the what do they call that? Bullet dodge? The fast bullet, uh, bullet dodge? That, that, it's, that, it's that very famous scene yeah. where the camera goes, like, 180. Uh, yeah. 180 around him, I should say. And then he's he's flinging backwards to dodge the bullets from, from Agent Smith. But yeah, so so you're gonna have an interesting time uh, because you're gonna be going 
through the Oasis from Ready Player One. Oh, we didn't One. say this yet. We're we're gonna fight. We're gonna we're gonna pose some multiple scenarios where we each fight each other in our ho- in our own digital world. Yes. Is that still the plan? Yeah, that, that's okay. what we're talking about. Yeah, that's what we And uh, one other thing to say about the Matrix, unfortunately, they never made any sequels. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They made two, and there was some spin-off stuff. Comics but... uh, and the Animatrix. Yeah. Yeah. The the, and the fourth one, which Oh, yeah, coming out in yeah, two right? years. Yeah, that's a lot of the original cast, which is crazy. That's that is a whole thing. Like, <laughs> we could, we could do a whole yeah. Uh, thing but on that right as far there. as the sequels that are that exist, they're not very well received, including by me. I'm not a fan of them. I I think they had some interesting ideas, but like overall not great plot, execution. I just was like, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I've never I've never so before five days ago, and I watched The Matrix. I have seen it before that. It's just. Uh, I completely forgot the nitty gritty things to it. Um, like the spoon bending. But uh, I, I never have seen matrix revolutions and the matrix or matrix reloaded. And then matrix revolutions. I know all three of them were yes. on Netflix, Yes, but I haven't seen two or three. Cause I know are they on said, Netflix right now. All three of them are. Yeah. But uh, I know you said that it's, it kind of, kind of ruins it. <sighs> I shouldn't say ruins it, but it's... it just, it just kind of takes away from the magic of the first one. I don't want. I don't want to like pull yeah. out any childhood. Uh, yeah. You know. No, I don't know. Honestly, here. I don't even fully remember them. So I was gonna say I will generally be pulling from the Matrix, the first Matrix. I think that's form. that's fair. Yeah. I might bring up a few points from the sequels though, because there actually are some kind of interesting things to think about that might relate to our fight. Yeah, that's fine. So I'm gonna be going with uh, like we mentioned, uh, Parzival, uh, aka Wade Watts, uh, from Ready Player One. And uh, for the most part, I'm going to be referring to the film that came out in 2018. Uh, but I might refer back to the book a little bit, um, which is actually a really, really good book. One thing that I, I I think is interesting is that people who love the book tend to not like the movie. Uh, but people who have seen the movie but not read the book still tend to like the movie. They're quite different, right? They're, I kind of attribute it to this. Like, have you ever read Jurassic Park? No. So Jurassic Park the book and Jurassic Park the movie, very different. The key plot point of there's a theme park with dinosaurs and there's an angry employee, basically, that's pretty much the very similar. The characters are the same, plot, things that happen, very, very different. I think of that as kind of like Ready Player One, which is interesting because Michael Crichton, who wrote Jurassic Park, he also wrote the screenplay for the Jurassic Park movie. Ernest Klein, who wrote Ready Player One, also helped write the screenplay hmm. for Ready Player One. But Ready Player One, the book and the movie, very different, except for the main plot of there's this oasis and there's a competition to find three keys and that way, or three challenges, I should say, and they can own the the oasis when so it's what, over. what is the oasis so the oasis is basically uh, a computer uh vr virtual reality world uh where people in in the movie they go there for experiences uh and they go there for like fun and adventure uh in the book they go into it a little more where like the main character wade watts he goes there for like school like his school is online which hey with with everything going on right now who, that might be the future um, but he goes there for like school, um, and there's uh, there's a lot of uh, microtransactions in the novel and in the movie too. And he doesn't have a lot of money, so he has to like work in the game, really put in the time, so that way he can he can get uh, uh, advantages, so that way he can he can further along. 
But yeah, in, in the Oasis, you can be whoever you want to be, uh, whenever you want to be, do whatever you want. And it's all, it's full of like pop culture things. The book focuses mainly on like 80s culture. Uh, the movie focuses on basically everything. You can see Tracer from Overwatch in there, Sonic the Hedgehog, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, everything. The Iron um, Giant. The Iron Giant, yeah. I, I, for, I don't think the Iron Giant is in the movie, or excuse me, is in the book as prevalent as it is in the movie. But I still enjoy both of them. So yeah, so so Wade Watts, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, he he's the main character, and he wants to basically uh, solve these challenges so that way he could win uh, the control and ownership of the Oasis. It's basically Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh, VR. And he's going on this journey to to find these hidden items so that way he can uh, take control of the company of the Oasis. So so that's so that's Parzival. That's his nickname while he's in the uh, Oasis, like kind of like his avatar name, if you would. Just kind of like how uh, Neo, uh, his real or his I guess Matrix name is like John Anderson, Thomas Anderson. Thomas Anderson. You can kind of say it like Hugo Weaving. He's like Thomas Anderson. He calls him Mister Anderson. Mister Anderson. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah, so Parzival is just uh, his nickname while he's yep. his username, gamertag, I guess you could call it while he's in the Oasis. So, all right, so we're going to have them face off, uh, each within their own different worlds, and we'll see how it goes. I have no clue how it's going to go. I don't know either. Well, but... Where do you want to go first? Let's go to the Matrix first. All right, the Matrix. Awesome for me. So, yeah, uh, you definitely have an advantage so, being in the Matrix. So my powers in the Matrix are that I have... <laughs> I'm the one, and I have control of all, for the most part, objects in the Matrix. And I have super strength, super speed. I can fly. All that stuff. So it's going to be pretty useful. So I just want to kind of set a ground rule. Does my character, uh, Parzival, know that, like, is he aware of the Matrix as a movie? As a movie? Since since Ready Player One is all about like oh. pop culture and that kind of stuff, like when he's in the Matrix, like is he aware that he's like, oh. exper- like he's seen the movie The Matrix before? I don't know. I you don't know. know. What, what do you what do you, do you have a, pref- a preference? I mean, it could help me. Yeah. But... So I was actually going to say what I thought you were going to say is that it's, the one of the differences between our worlds is that generally in the Matrix, people don't know they're in the Matrix. Correct. Correct. And in the Oasis, you know you're in the Oasis. That is true. Yes. So I didn't know if we would carry that over but i think it's probably fair to say you at least know you're in the matrix so uh, the reason i actually was thinking of an argument as to why parzival would know he's in the matrix even if he let's say he doesn't he's, he hasn't seen the movie or he, whatever i i would say that there's one dead giveaway that he's in the matrix and i think since he's a smart guy and he's very observant and i think that the moment he steps foot in the matrix he would notice that something is off about it the fact that everything around him is green. Go on. Because I don't know if you realize this, but in the Matrix, the movie The Matrix, whenever it takes place within the Matrix, the entire color scheme has a green tint to it. So, okay, so you're saying that's how the inhabitants of the Matrix see the world? That's how they see the world and they think it's normal. I mean, obviously the production designer or the cinematographer did that on purpose so that the audience can kind of tell the difference. But I think that Parzival going into this world, being surrounded by a tint of green, he would be automatically suspicious as to what's going on around him. Being the observant person that he is, he would see this. Have you never noticed this? No, I never noticed no? it. All right, I'll show you a picture. But I'm totally fine with Parzival knowing yeah. he's in the Matrix. I yeah. think that's fair. Yeah. So, 
So I think, um, so Parzival knowing he's in the matrix, I think his goal to defeating you would to be to get out of the matrix. Oh, that's interesting to my strategy in the Oasis too. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. funny. Our, both of our plans is to just, <laughs> to just run away. Out. Just to run away. Um, so, so go ahead. I was going to say before you go into your runaway, plan, that's fine. Cause I have, I, that's kind of my plan B. So assuming you do know you're in the matrix and you know, have a rough idea of how the matrix works. Yes. You could potentially have similar abilities to the people in the matrix movie with those same things like Morpheus. He's not the one, he doesn't have those special powers, mm -hmm. but he knows he's in the matrix and he's able to, I think how they kind of word it, bend certain rules of reality. Mm -hmm. So he, he's, he also has enhanced strength and agility. He's able to he upload, can, like, he can karate, taekwondo, jujitsu kind of yeah, stuff. He right. can, he can jump very far. He can kind of, so he can't quite fly like Neo, but he can, he definitely has enhanced human abilities and they do. He does fight Neo in like a sparring training kind of environment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's somewhat of an even match. And then Neo kind of seems to get the upper hand at the end, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, they, they potentially could have, you know, at first before Neo had his full, the one powers, they were somewhat of a match. Yes, I agree. So I, I didn't, I didn't know if you were going to try to make any, you don't have any any creative plans in the matrix. So so uh, I mean, it, it'll be hard for us to argue just like fist fight. You know, sometimes it's like oh, throws a punch, throws yeah. a kick. Yeah, whatever, sure. You I know? was more wondering. So, do you think there's any items from the Oasis that might be useful in a fight in the matrix? Say say somehow you could bring one with you, considering they both exist within computer code. You can kind of right. email it to yourself. So I wouldn't I wouldn't get a weapon. You wouldn't. No. Uh, isn't there some like cool grenade or something? Well, so in the book they have the holy hand grenade of Anatok, uh, and in the movie they like the IOI they use like a giant, basically like an EMP that wipes out everybody's avatars. But he has an extra life mm -hmm. uh, in both the book and the movie. But no, I don't, because I mean, weapons in the Oasis can be anything. I could get a lightsaber. I could get uh, you know a bowcaster. I could get a Terminator, you know, weaponry or, or anything like that. Um, so I think uh, just to kind of stray away from that, because then I could just say, I'll, I'll, I could get anything and just email it to myself. I think what I would email to myself, I would email the red pill and I would, I would take that to get out of the matrix. So you still, I believe, oh man, this is, this might be going into like theory stuff, but okay. I believe the point of the red pill was kind of a tracking device so they could find where his body was in real life to recover him. It made him, it gave some type of signal or something along that effect. Oh, okay. So he still needed, well, I guess it's also maybe what made him get unplugged. I'm not exactly sure. What the I, I think it's did. definitely what made him get unplugged. Yeah. So I was just wondering, he still needs some, some help to be like picked out of the pool. Cause the, cause the but, red, the red pill kind of symbolized, I thought, that red pool he was in in a way and that is what kind of like freed him wow that's probably better than what i said but okay so <laughs> so if i so so that's that, that that this is my plan b i haven't gotten to my plan a yet, okay but oh your plan wait yeah so i would actually so, i was gonna say don't even worry about that let's okay. say you you can get out of the matrix okay. if you want because you obviously had some way to get in yeah that's so, true. so maybe that's true. you get in similar to how every character does they they, they have some they, kind of some plug kind of hook up to it yeah well, my plan B was to get out of the Matrix and then find your body while it's hooked up to the Matrix and mm -hmm. then try to take you out. Yeah. That because was, you're... Man, we had the same exact plan for each other. 
<laughs> Why do you think I want to do the Matrix first? That way I get it in. Um, all right. So I think since the Matrix is still uh, populated with all these different types of people, Agent Smith and the agents are still uh, residing within the Matrix. Okay, true. And you, and you seem to be kind of like their primary enemy because you're the one that's screwing up the Matrix and you're causing but also, havoc. But also not. It's confusing. You've never seen the sequels? No. But, okay, we're just, we'll just go with this then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, Agent, Agent Smith hates Neo, always goes after him yeah, in all yeah, the sequels. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't like him at all. So I would try teaming up with Agent Smith because Agent Smith sees you as like a virus even though from what i read online agent smith kind of turns into a virus in the sequels which yeah, is kind of much. ironic yeah. that he considers neo a virus because he ends up being the thing he you know yeah hates. he calls humanity a virus right which yeah. is kind of like that classic like oh the technology realized that humans are the ones that are destroying the earth so we have to destroy the humans kind of thing um so i would team up with agent smith and i would try to get uh him to aid me in tracking you down because I wouldn't have full access to the Matrix like you do. Like, I wouldn't be able to... Like, because when Neo... And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Neo basically has, like, full awareness when he's in the Matrix. Yes. And I don't think Parsifal would have that whatsoever. So that would give you an advantage because you would be able to find me before I would be able to find you. And then it could be a sneak attack. You could take me out, whatever it has to be. So I would hope to team up with Agent I wouldn't Smith. do that. Neo wouldn't do that. He'd, like challenge you to a kung fu fight oh okay just so you know so he wouldn't take me so he would but he would he would find me first and then challenge me to a kung fu yeah fight? all right would he take me out to dinner then too or man keanu reeves is such a nice guy he probably would oh, that's true i do like keanu reeves we did a whole episode about it check it out if you haven't if you haven't listened to that one <laughs> oh yeah yet. this is another keanu reeves character <laughs> that's right yeah we're gonna have to have the man himself on i feel like he would be that type of person he'd be like yeah sure i'll do it um yeah just because i feel that um you're gonna. You, it, we're in. You're in your home territory. You know, it's home field advantage for you, and I need to kind of use what I have that's already there that knows the matrix to aid me in going after you because I'm just in unfamiliar territory. I think that's fair. Do you? So do you think you bring anything to the table that that Agent Smith would want to work with you? Uh, I mean, I could give him uh, a pass to the Oasis and be like, <laughs> hey, like, come check out this place too. You know, you think you know, uh, that's actually not a bad point because right. I think it eventually Agent Smith did want to get out of the Matrix. Doesn't he get out of the Matrix yeah. in the sequels? From what I've <laughs> quickly yeah, read so, online, so he like kind of uh, develops this ability to uh, kind of take over another person's body, more or less, in the Matrix, and kind of so he doesn't quite clone himself, but he basically copies himself into onto. Okay, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he eventually does it to a person who is like a person like like Neo, who's jacked into the matrix from the real world and then is when that person comes out of the matrix he's he's able to bring his own consciousness out in that body okay so, so he's able to to transfer that essence over to a real person yeah so then basically it's agent smith's consciousness okay you know in a real human in the real world wow yeah okay but yeah it's pretty crazy but see it's funny because when you talk about some of this ideas in this world i'm like that actually sounds pretty it, interesting it is i agree yeah yeah so i think so at this point i'm going to say that parcival has already won the competition he owns the oasis so he is the sole owner of the oasis and i would say that he would invite agent smith say hey you know you help me out what i'll give you in return you can go to this world which I would argue is probably 
infinite has infinite more possibilities than the matrix does and you can do what you want to do now some people might say like oh you're basically um you know inviting the robber into the bank you are i was gonna say that he's basically like a mass murderer true true but since i'm the sole owner of the oasis uh he would be able to restrict him and keep him in check and you know because even though like neo neo doesn't control the matrix he doesn't own like nobody owns the matrix right like yeah i guess so it's just kind of like a shared consciousness in a way sure i mean in layman's terms i guess uh i yeah i think in general like with the oasis that it's a business it's owned by one person so he would be able to control and then like he could just kick him off the oasis he'd be like oh you're breaking double cross him yeah absolutely you're you're violating our terms of uh you know agreement here you're doing hate speech or whatever get out of here so we're not having that thing about kicking him out of the of the oasis then you're basically killing him at that point because he can't go anywhere else he doesn't have a human body i mean that's fine as long as he helped me you know take you out first and then wow our end of the deal listen this is who would win i don't I'm just think parcival get... would do that he's not that kind of person uh no i mean he's he um he took out uh nolan sorrento which is the the bad guy the antagonist and i mean he didn't like murder him but he's not murdering agent smith because agent smith isn't uh, a human being he's just a software program oh, essentially okay so your robots don't have any rights you're saying so i mean as of 2020 no they do not i mean okay so and, and interesting too i mean the uh, ready player one takes place in 2044 and i believe that the matrix takes place in the la- latter part of the 21st century so yours is i think a little more into the future so maybe robots <laughs> and machines do have rights at that point but in, uh, in terms of the matrix uh, the oasis i don't believe they have any rights at all so so what what's what's your tactic then in the oasis or in the matrix uh we're still in the matrix we'll go to the oasis yeah i I think i could just beat you in a straight up fight because i I have basically superpowers and you you'll have some superpowers but not as much right i think i wouldn't be able to go hand to hand Mm -hmm. uh it it might kind of be like a morpheus situation when keanu when uh, neo fought morpheus i might be able to hold my own uh for a little bit um, unfortunately there's no like loot box purchases in the matrix. So I couldn't just buy anything like off the, off the cuff to help me out. But yeah, uh, I think that would be, so like, so if, if I, if I'm hiring, uh, agent Smith to, to help me out, how are you going to combat that? Because Neo, yes, he did kill agent Smith, but he didn't because then he comes back in the sequels, but there's also like an infinite amount of agents. If I'm not mistaken, because yeah. I haven't seen the sequel. But in the first one, there's like multiple agents, but Agent Smith is kind of like the main guy. Right. And then in the sequels, you said Agent Smith like duplicates himself to, to great proportions. Yeah, so it's kind of confusing. He basically kind of goes rogue in the sequels. The machines kind of develop new... The agents of the Matrix, they kind of upgrade them in the sequel. Okay. And they different actors, they look different. And Hugo Weaving still plays his character pretty much from the first matrix but now he's like he's gone rogue he's trying to hunt down neo and he's trying to take over Mm -hmm. so he has some goals allegedly that he's working towards and uh so if you're teaming up with that agent smith you're you're crazy you don't want to team up with that guy he's (laughs) he's a psycho he'll probably just take over your body and then be like now i own the oasis but doesn't he but he only does that when he leaves or he can do that inside the matrix too well so if he took over your body and then you're then you your body then you and then i get unplugged okay 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, you don't want to. It's dangerous. That is. Yeah, that's very dangerous. <laughs> that's that's making a bad. But deal. yeah, so the devil there. so some spoilers for like the end of the trilogy. He does make tons of clones of himself. The the machines are like actually in trouble because he's like messing up the matrix, and they're like they make a deal with Keanu Reeves' character Neo. So Neo goes into the Matrix to fight him. Basically fights one Agent Smith, just one. Like he does it's not it's not like a he doesn't use any of his clones. All the other clones are just watching. And he fights one on one, basically like to a stalemate. Um it, it does kind of show though that Neo in the Matrix is not like infinitely powered. He does have limits to his abilities. Yeah. Um but they're pretty high. And then Agent Smith does his like take over your body thing. But because Neo is plugged in through the main, like, source machine. I know this is so confusing. People are just turned off the podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. There, it, it somehow lets them, like, fix Agent Smith or something like that. I don't even know, honestly. Yeah. If that's, like, what they were accomplishing. And uh, and that's pretty much it. So, I, I don't know if... It, it's kind of conf- interesting, too, because, like, Neo, like, fought him at the end, but was seems like he was always intending to lose. I don't. I don't really know what his plan was exactly the whole time. I don't think that this helps you either, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show that uh, teaming up with Agent Smith can have some hindrances on them. It's not a guaranteed uh, surefire win. Yeah. There. Now, what what do you think would make Neo want to go after Parsival? Because the Matrix is filled with billions of different consciousness. So, what would make him? want to go after parcival do you think because i don't think parcival would go into the matrix purposefully trying to uh cause damage or you know harm anybody because uh, i think he would probably want to see it from like a business perspective and he'd be like oh let's see how this uh this computer simulation is doing their <laughs> kind of thing oh they're doing that oh they're doing a green tint that's interesting never thought of that <laughs> but it's possible like what do you think would make neo say this guy is a quote-unquote virus i need to get rid of him Maybe he's worried about you stealing some of their source ideas, making your own matrix. I could have a matrix within. Maybe he found the out Oasis. about your. <laughs> that would be crazy. Maybe he found out about your plan to team up with Agent Smith, and is like, "Well, this guy's a bad guy." I guess. Well, that's true. If yeah, if he knew I was teaming up with Agent Smith, then he he would know that there's there's something uh, there's something fishy there, completely. So all right, so I think like I think definitely the matrix would be your cup of tea, but depending on uh, how things go. Uh, with me teaming up with Agent Smith and uh, taking the red pill and really quick getting out and then finding your body <laughs> and killing you, I think I think that could. Uh... So those are your two plans: team up with Agent Smith or red pill out, kill my body. So yeah, so I mean, so plan so plan B is kind of like a just a silly kind of thing because that's what you could argue. Well, you'll probably argue also when we go to the Oasis too. But I think just like uh, teaming up with Agent Smith, Agent Smith has fought you at this point. So he could tell me your advantages and your disadvantages because he has caused harm to you. And well, I shouldn't say like physical harm, but like he has, um, gone toe to toe with you. And, uh, even though you did, you know, defeat him once, I feel like agent Smith, he's constantly learning. So as he reflects back on that fight, he'd be like, Oh, this is what I did wrong. You know, don't do that kind of thing. It'd be kind of like a Mr. Miyagi, uh, karate kid scenario with agent smith teaching uh uh parsival in order to to take out the the head honcho i feel like you took some weird things away from the matrix if you want agent smith to be mr miyagi (laughs) yeah i definitely took some weird things away from it but i didn't take away the spoon bending that's for sure but i think i think 
Parsifal would see that would see Neo and he would see him as being too controlling because in the end of the of the film of Ready Player One um, Parzival basically makes the Oasis like open to everybody not just in terms of access but he like it's not that they're all owners of it but he doesn't make it as restrictive as it was uh, prior so I think he sees Neo as this like controller guy and he wouldn't he wouldn't see that as being right for the people living in the matrix because like even though neo is keeping them safe and protecting them i guess right isn't that what he does I, I, like I, it's really unclear what neo actually does in the matrix yeah so I, it's kind of a apples to oranges comparison because the oasis is like a place people want to go and the that's matrix true. is more like a prison you don't know you're in yeah that's but true also probably a prison that's better than the real world because it basically is completely destroyed well because that's what i was going to say like wouldn't you think like obviously yes the matrix is a better world to be in than the real world i wouldn't say obviously i think it's debatable i mean okay. what's better to have well free will or yeah right exactly so i think that you know parsival would want to lead some kind of an uprising to get these people out so i it kind of seemed like that was what Neo would do too, but he doesn't do it, right? Not, not really. Yeah, because like at the end of the first movie, um, when he does like that phone call to the to the machines, yeah, he's like, I, I forget word oh, for yeah. word what he says, but he's like, "I'll be here." Like, oh yeah, they totally forgot about know? that when they made the sequel. So. <laughs> it seems like they forgot a lot. So of I do think they the say at some point that you can't just take anyone out of the Matrix. Like, not everyone can handle it. Okay. So I, I don't. Their 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 goals are somewhat unclear. So I think I think that is what would be driving Parsival is just that all right there's this guy he claims to be like their messiah and these people are stuck in a world that they don't know that they're in and they don't have any free will and everything's green Neo is basically Jesus in the Matrix Yeah yeah exactly I mean he gets he, he's reborn in the in the first movie he basically dies and then Carrie Ann Moss kisses him and she's like the oracle said that I would fall in love with the one and then her kiss snow white style brings him back to life. But, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I'm like very general. No, that's, the that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just a coincidence <laughs> that he came back right when she kissed him. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I thought it seemed pretty, <laughs> pretty, uh, evident that it was because of that kiss. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So I feel like we, we hit the matrix pretty, pretty well on the head. So let's look at, at the Oasis. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so what's your plan? With the so Oasis? first question, does this take place post Ready Player One where you own the Oasis? I would say yes, because that's kind of what I was insinuating before. So what extra a kind of Oasis abilities? Like, does that basically give you control over everything in the Oasis? So I think that would give basically me control of saying who is there and who, like if people are like violating the term of use, like if there's like hate speech or something like that, kind of like Twitter, you know how Twitter blocks accounts or kick people off or block you know things that they're saying or posting i feel like that's kind of what parsival would would kind of look at in a way that kind of stuff and since he owns it uh he could get whatever he wants whenever like, he like wants. item wise item wise yeah weapon wise transportation wise uh the the movie doesn't really focus on the micro like purchasing things as much as the book does because like in the movie and also the book IOI is trying to take over it and kind of, in the movie they're kind of instituting those uh loot crates they're basically EA in the <laughs> in the movie 
but uh, in the book, it's more of just like there is actually just a currency that you just need to just purchase things. Like there's just like an economy. Whereas in the movie, it's like you can't succeed unless you have this stuff. Where in the book, it's like if you get this stuff, it helps you. But if not, it just take, might take you more time to achieve those things. So I think that could – it would just basically be that he has an infinite amount of money. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's basically he's kind of it's like kind of his superpower in in the Oasis. Okay, that still could make for a more fair fight than in the Matrix. Yeah. Cuz I think so Neo should be able to carry over his uh like martial arts knowledge. Mhm. Cuz that was kind of downloaded into his brain. So he should still have that. Yes. Yeah. Uh so he he loses all of his kind of special control over the source, you know, computer simulation that he had in the Matrix. Mhm. Um I was considering making an argument that he might carry over something like that uh, only because in, I forget if it's the second or third matrix, they have him, uh, it must be the second. Anyway, in he goes, he's in the real world where he's just a normal human, not in the matrix. Mm -hmm. And he, ha so you don't know this. He basically keeps some of his like connection and power over the machines. So he's able to stop the machines and he's able to sense them. So and some of the powers that like he had uploaded into him? No, the, just like his powers of basically the the fact that his connection to the source code of the simulation. Okay. He still has a connection to the source of the source. There's like a thing in the Matrix they call the source, which okay. is basically like the central machine, like the DNA hub. Okay. I don't know if DNA. I don't so, know. So so you're so you're it's not so, obvious. So what, you're saying since Neo was able to have that outside of the Matrix, he would have that. In the so Oasis I actually, the I, I, I considered that, and I think I'm gonna say no. That doesn't quite make sense. I th what I was gonna say, and I think might make slightly more sense, but still not very much, is that he would keep some type of ability like that in the real world of Ready Player One. So outside of the Oasis, he may have a connection to machines, which okay. could potentially help him find where you are okay. in the real world. And then fight okay. you there. Okay. But I uh, for now, let's say we had to fight in the Oasis. Okay. So uh, Keanu Reeves, I mean, sorry, Neo, no pop culture knowledge. Yeah, I was going to say that could, <laughs> unless, unless did, well, does he have it uploaded into him? Like, like I guess you he know? would know about everything that happened up to like 1999 before he like kind of went out, got out of the Matrix and right, stopped experiencing true. Matrix life. So he would actually know a lot of the pop culture <laughs> references in the oasis because so he, he might have seen star wars he probably did he was a computer and he's a computer hacker right ghostbusters so uh, he can all that pop culture he'd be like hey in the Rush. oasis i'll buy a lightsaber right i'll uh buy the batmobile or some whatever what do they drive they drive the car with the back to the future car uh the delorean yeah yeah the delorean <laughs> he would know about that yeah, he would he would know all of those all those different references. So I would see you as like a threat to the Oasis because I I mean I, because well, I know pop culture. Well, references. no, I shouldn't have said that. Like, I guess I would be like curious as to why you're there. Kind of like why to, to fight you for the Who Would Win podcast. There, yeah, there we go. There, that's that's the reason. So I think I would I would probably I would probably just go big right off the bat, which is kind of what happens uh, in the movie and in the book also. Like you had. Um, the Gundam uh, show up a little bit there towards the end of the movie. Um, I might just go uh, like, like Megazord. I would go Power Rangers Megazord 
and Keanu or Neo would would understand that reference. Power Rangers uh, '90s. Um, I would go Mighty Morphin, and and I would take that. It gives me a size advantage against you. Uh, now, fortunately, since we're in the matri- or we're in the Oasis, I don't have to worry about travel time for all of the different Zords <laughs> to come together. Uh, long-time listeners would know that joke. Uh, if not, go check out episode, I believe it's episode three of the Who Would Win cast, where we talked about uh, the travel time of the Zords uh, trying to assemble uh, against one another. But in the Oasis, uh, Parzival wouldn't have to worry about that, so he would have the Zord together and ready to go. And and he would just try to crush uh, Neo. So I guess I guess there's no reason to think that Neo should have like any money when he gets there. So is there any example? So Neo is a like computer engineer and computer hacker by yeah. Matrix Life. Yes. Is there any examples that, uh, of like computer hacking in Ready Player One? I couldn't think of any from the movie. I, th- I didn't know if you would I think I think there are some uh, in the book. Uh, are you talking about computer hacking for financial purposes since Neo has no money? or For any purposes. Just really. for any purposes? Uh, yeah, I, I, b- I believe there are. I mean, because... With any kind of system like that, there's always going to be some types of people who are going to try to yeah. do, do whatever they Do you remember what any of the things they were able to do with the hacking? Well, I know that they... They were able to unlock uh, that the girl's cell. When she was I was, was going to say when they... When, uh, but that was outside of the OAS. That, wasn't that was in OAS. I, right, yeah. that was in IOI. They ha- yeah. Um, and in this world, this is a post-Ready Player One world, so IOI doesn't really probably exist right, as a Right, IOI's company. out. Right, exactly. No, I, I can't think of any hacking. All right, then I can just make some up. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I'll let so you, he, I'll let so you he hacks that. the Oasis to give himself also a robot, so he can fight you robot to robot. Okay, I'm down with that. And what robot would he be choosing? What are you taking a Gundam? No, I'm taking the Megazord. Oh, you're taking Megazord. Yeah, my Morphin. Um, he he might have to go uh, a size that is comparable with the Megazord. I think what he might possibly do is he could go maybe the Ghostbusters route. 1980s film classic he would know that reference in ghostbusters they take on uh stay puff marshmallow man this giant being taking over uh all of new york you know going around that's actually perfect because that, that will gum up all your robot parts and imagine that might, how sticky you'd be that might that might make it hard uh for me <laughs> to move around so so you could you could go the being of stay puffed or you could be the uh the smaller ghostbusters taking on the giant the giant being that's that's your totally your choice so i could get like the proton pack and just yes yes exactly oh, that's like a whole nother episode and if, who and would if... win ghostbusters worth megazord <laughs> yeah right with it with a giant proton pack going at it. i mean with all the uh, the electrical power that you're you have coming out of those, and if I had two, I could cross the streams, which you're not supposed to do. But if you do that, it could lead to total uh, plutonic reversal. You got it. <laughs> See, you're like you're like Neo in the, in the in the Oasis. He's seen that movie. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. So, are you gonna are you gonna go with the Ghostbusters route? Would you? Would you? I, I kind of <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't really make sense that he could like drive the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like you can. You know, you sit control inside. it, right? There's like a uh, central if control. If hub. he saw Ghostbusters two, he could do the Statue of Liberty. I never saw Ghostbusters. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, another not great. Sequel. I was gonna say, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of sticking with the original. No, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take your suggestion. Thank you for extending me that, and uh, I, I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll dual wield some proton packs from Ghostbusters. Okay. You know, I'll try. I'll see how I'll see how they work on max power. Okay. But worst case, I'll cross the streams and hope for the best. All right, so. Cross the streams, plutonic reversal uh, causes we could say causes significant damage to the uh, to the Megazord. 
uh, which which would uh, cause Megazord to shut down, fall apart. Um, and being so, all right, I'll say I'm out of the Megazord now. That's what I wanted to get to. Do you, in a hand-to-hand fight, yeah. do you think... So I, I, I think I still know Kung Fu. Yes. As Neo famously said, I know Kung Fu. And <laughs> yes. uh, I... I I don't know. Uh, so he has a lot of fighting experience. Mm-hmm. What's what's Parcival's uh, like close combat fighting experience like? He doesn't really have any of that because all of his uh, interactions take place virtually in the Oasis. So we never really get any interactions. So does with he him. does he fight virtually though? Because I think he, that could translate yeah, to yeah, 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 real yeah. world fighting. Yeah, skill. He, he fights virtually, and like the suits that they wear. Well, the suit that he wears because it's like a more expensive suit. Um, he can like feel mm-hmm. what 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 he's actually experiencing. So. The punches, uh, he'll actually experience that. So, the, the the kind of the gimmick of the Matrix, or excuse me, the Oasis, is using pop culture uh, items. So I would say he's so he's out of, he's out of the the Megazord, and now it's going to be kind of close combat, hand to hand type fighting. Um, I would say that uh, at first, what he could do is he could get um, kind of like. Um, like uh like punching punching gloves as as you, bo- boxing Pun- gloves punching gloves okay boxing gloves okay <laughs> so it's coming from someone who's taken karate for 20 years uh he has boxing gloves and they could be um like the same ones that were worn by like Mike Tyson or something like that like it but virtually like the exact same ones yeah so like the like... exact same. it's it's you ever seen like mike you know yeah. how it gives him like the power I sure have yeah so he gets the power of like these punching gloves, and he's going up close combat, and he's just. So you're like, saying it's like a, one of those special items. What do they call those in the in the Oasis? Like the, you know, remember where they they find some something special, like the thing that lets him call a Gundam. Wasn't that like a special item? Basically, they find. Uh, I don't think no. The guy just like t- turns into a Gundam when he jumps out of the airplane. I I thought it was from the very beginning. Remember they're playing as like they're playing that like shooter game, and they're working together. I thought one of them finds like it like an item in that game. They play a shooter game in the it's, beginning. It's like the intro to show like they're in a virtual world or they're all friends talking. And... No, you're not thinking of. All right, maybe yeah, not. I but maybe so. after this is done, we'll watch that scene and you'll be like, "Chris, I'm so sorry." <laughs> I apologize. You were so right. What it's weird you... that I remember that scene and like not the like I forget like 50 percent of Ready Player One. Oh, I really like. And Ready I, Player I enjoyed One. the movie. I, I, I thoroughly I, enjoyed I it. I really like Ready Player One. I really do. I think it's one of Spielberg's um, best of his recent films i thought i thought that was really right yeah other than kingdom of the crystal skull right that's an episode for a whole other podcast (laughs) i really like king of the crystal skull really i'm gonna lose a lot of followers and listeners with that you have such bad taste and you like you like last jedi too i really i do yeah there we go now i'm sorry that's That's who would win worst which movie is worst kingdom of crystal Crystal skull Skull or last jedi Jedi? i like them both i know i can't we'd have to i have to have a guest yeah just to make fun of you (laughs) the whole time anyway sorry we got real sidetracked yeah, um, so I got my box, my boxing gloves. Why do you pick that? Like, because I thought it would be kind of cliche if I went right for like a lightsaber. What about or a gun like that, and just shoot you? I can, I can uh, stop bullets. I know, so that's not going to be good. Or I can dodge bullets because in the Oasis, Parcival would know that Neo has done that because I'm sure. Yeah, I won't be able to Matrix stop. Bullets. Is part of pop culture. St- stopping bullets is a is a the one thing. Dodging bullets. That's maybe not, I think you could do that. Maybe I think yeah. you could do that easily. So I'm not I'm not gonna go to the go to the gun method right there. I thought you were gonna say lightsaber, honestly. So so that's actually my plan B, but I just kind of wanted to make it uh, a little more entertaining, kind of going hand to hand at first. 
but I would I would love uh, to go lightsaber. I go classic Skywalker blade, uh, the blue, pull it out, and uh, you're yeah, right. <laughs> that was just funny the way you worded that. Oh. Um, and uh, and then and then kind of just try hashing away at you, but I, I, you're not gonna just take it. You know you're gonna you're gonna yeah, pull something so out. There is a scene in the Matrix Two, uh, Matrix Reloaded, where Neo shows some proficiency fighting with a uh, metal pole he pulled out of the ground, like okay. a, like a lamppost or a streetlight or something. Very, he kind of just whips it around, beating on Agent Smiths, and maybe he'll use that because he has experience with it. With the pole, yeah. Just so he, wait, is he? So he's going to use the pole? Yeah, he's going to pull a street lamp out of the ground. To okay. With. All right. I mean, sure. There's plenty of street lamps throughout the <laughs> oasis. Got to have light at night. Yeah, and I don't have to buy it because I don't have any of the money. <laughs> That's true. Even though you could just hack your bank, like a bank account or yeah. something. Uh, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know if we've ever had any canon uh, evidence of a lightsaber going against a uh, a lamp post, mm-hmm. but I'm sure a lightsaber, <laughs> ten out of ten times, would probably go through the lamp post. You think so? Even it's really big and heavy. Oh, it has a longer reach. All right. I'll give you nine out of ten at that point. <laughs> with, with that, with that backed up evidence, nine out of ten times the lightsaber so you, would go. So through even the if, so, so say he's swinging it at you. Even if like how do you can't block it with a lightsaber? No, you just cut it. But then there's still going to be a piece that has uh, momentum from the swing that's like coming at you. No, it falls off. Like, wouldn't it just basically fall off where the, the the blade cut through it. Well, if it cut through like quickly then there was no resistance on the other piece it was the other piece would just keep moving it'd be like a projectile at that point i could hit you still i mean i, I can draw this out that's fine <laughs> give me the whole give me the whole physics i think the physics the work out okay all right i think that's fair i think that's fair um all right so i'm cut I'm, so if i keep cutting away at your your lamppost i mean then you're getting at the point where you have nothing left while you're while you're swinging then i just have to throw it at you and then you're just gonna throw it at me and uh i mean i wouldn't say that parzival has like force-like powers or or telekinesis within the oasis i don't really know if that would be a, a thing if you could just like purchase those powers in a in a jumbo pack or something <laughs> you can just buy like a loot crate of like jedi powers and it comes with like the robes and everything like that but um limited edition mace windu purple lightsaber that'd be pretty cool you got the robe and everything it's a totino's pizza roll tie-in you got to buy totino's pizza roll to get that <laughs> You can buy the cereal, then you get like a little like like a little like lightsaber pen kind of thing. I have those from when I was a kid. Actually, I have some in here right there. Um, so, when here's a quick aside. Sure. So uh, we have this. We got like a, I think it's Ray from Star Wars, a spoon in a cereal box. Okay. And I kept it because it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and I was gonna give it to you, but I forgot. Oh, thanks. And uh, Lucy was picking her spoon today, and she picked that one. Does it, and it lights up, you said? No, it Aww. doesn't light up. I think it like might change color if it gets cold. But Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I had a couple spoons like that growing up. Whenever they would get cold, they would change colors too. I'm not even sure if it does that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if they're not doing that, they're missing out on pretty much the main concept of a lightsaber. Well, which it looks like Ray on the end of the spoon. That's the main Wait, thing. Wait, what? It's like her. It's like there's a face on the on the handle part. Okay. Like a body and a face. And then the spoon is a blade or it's not? No, it's just a spoon. Oh, that's kind of weird. Well, growing up, I remember I had a spoon and spoon bending. This whole episode has been about spoons. We brought it back to spoons. <laughs> Full wow. circle. What else are circle? Spoons. Um, the handle was like one of the lightsaber hilts, and then the edge of the spoon was a lightsaber, and you could light it up. Do you still have that? I do not, but I do have here. We're going to go live right here. Growing up, I had these lightsaber pens that came like free. Wow. Uh, with some cereal. And I don't even know if they still work, but I have like Count Dooku's, I have Mace Windu's, and I think I have a Luke Skywalker too. 
And uh, why do I still have this stuff after uh, 15 years? I do not know. I would still have it if I was you. Thank you. I don't blame you at all. Never throw them away. I appreciate that support. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So, I mean, being in the Oasis obviously gives me advantages. Being in the Matrix gives you advantages. Um, Would you think it's, would you say it's fair to say that Neo has more advantages in the Matrix than you have in the Oasis? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Because you're, you're a super, you're a superhero Mm -hmm. where, and, and, and kind of like what you said, the Matrix is a world. Because outside of the Matrix, those people are just all hooked up in tubes. Where the Oasis is a world, but it's a world where people kind of go to escape. Mm -hmm. But they can still choose to leave the Oasis um, and to exist in there. And and choose to go to the Oasis. Where in the Matrix, people don't really choose to leave the Matrix. Except for... It's kind of a special... It's an exception. Exactly. Um, and people really don't choose to enter the matrix too, except for the people who have been able uh, to get out. But, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think though that Neo is more powerful uh, in the matrix. But so, who do you think is more powerful though in the opposite? Do you think Neo is more powerful in the Oasis, or do you think Parsifal is more powerful in the I matrix? Mean, I, I, I agree that Parsifal has advantages in the Oasis against mm-hmm. me, but I think I. I think it's more of a fair fight than it would be in the matrix. Like in the matrix, I thought maybe you'd think of something super creative, but I couldn't think of anything like, no, I really, just, ha- I really did have a hard time because like, he just has nothing... too many advantages, right? He's, he's got everything. Yeah. It, it's hard to go up against the person who is basically, like you said, like their Messiah. who's just in <laughs> charge. He, he's not in charge. He doesn't wheel. He doesn't like shape any, he doesn't, he doesn't make, he doesn't run the matrix like a King or anything. No, 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 you're right. But I mean, he's like the protector. I guess, right? That, that's how that's how I take it. I, like when he flies off at the end of the first one, I see him as like this, like Superman just patrolling yeah, the that area. Was, that was just silly. That cause... was another thing that really confused me too when he just when he just <laughs> flew off out of out of nowhere. So anyway, so uh, Chris, you have any uh, fun facts or anything you want to oh, add before I, we head out of here? I think I did have some fun facts. Let me let me pull up those. Sure. Those fun facts. I have a couple that I'll say uh, real quick about Ready Player One. Um, so. Uh, I think I think some people may know this, but maybe um, casual fans may not. But uh, Ernest Klein, the author of Ready Player One, he actually is currently working on a sequel, uh, which will be interesting. Uh, there's no title released. A lot of people think it's going to be called like Ready Player Two. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of that title. Too obvious. But I think I think it's too on the nose. Maybe uh, two players, too furious. <laughs> that's really good maybe i think i think that would uh that's so good you should tweet that to them i I think that would work better i'll reach i'll reach out to him and 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 see what he uh see what he thinks um and i I believe when the book came out the uh ernest klein had basically a similar competition uh where he had like hidden easter eggs throughout the book or they might have been online uh, that people had to use in order to solve uh the clues and he had uh giveaways that uh he gave out to people who were able to uh to find the clues um something i found out uh that i thought was very interesting is that there are tech companies that recommend ready player one as reading for new employees to teach them different ways to monetize uh, (laughs) the digital world i I don't know if it's more about protecting the digital world because i mean you you work in in a tech company right yes 
Would you say that your tech company is more focused on profits or more focused on doing just a, a good job and doing what is right? Your pauses. <laughs> I don't know. I actually, yeah. I mean, I only know my specific, my team and I think we're, you're just doing, I have no, you know, I don't, I don't get any benefits. I get paid the same no matter how good of a good I do. So, right. We try to do a good job. There's it's, it's like, it's air traffic FAA related. So there are like some ethical like concerns like you can't, but nothing I do is really like, I don't do anything safety critical. I don't do anything like a uh, live system critical. So there's really not, there's not a lot of issues like that for me. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, he also said uh, that uh, he believes, uh, the author believes that um, video games really appeal to the hunter-gather instinct. Oh, uh, does he say why? Because I can with, see that. Within humans. One, to get all the achievements. I always got to get all those achievements. Right. You, you want to accomplish ev- it. Everyone just collects a bunch. Of, I, well, I do this. I don't know if everyone does. You just end up collecting a ton of items in the game and like hoarding them and never using them. And that's why you finish a game with like, a hundred you know like eight like mega potions it's, and, it's very like i gotta save this in, case, right, I in need case, it. case i need it it's very uh hunter gatherer <laughs> absolutely yeah he says uh human beings are not wired to live the way we live now uh we've only been living in cities and driving cars uh for a few hundred years but millions of years of evolution have wired us to hunt and gather uh in forms of uh teams and kick butt to conquer territories and to be explorers which is very uh similar to uh, what's going on in video games. He says, we have to work out that hunter-gatherer energy by other means uh, sometimes. Some people do it with sports, but uh, even large groups of people do it uh, with video games, and that's their way of expressing their hunter-gatherer uh, you know, abilities, which which I find very interesting. Those are cool facts. Are you, are you, are you done? I was just going to add, growing up, I was a big video game fan. I'm really not anymore. Um probably since college i just kind of got off of it uh, i know you're still an active video game fan when i have time yeah i, I, I don't know what it is i just like someone uh, let me borrow their legend of zelda last summer and i played it for like a month and the, the one for switch uh, yeah, breath of the wild yeah, breath of the wild and i know that's like your favorite video game of all time i don't know if i say that but, but i really like pretty, it. pretty high up there at least for switch games goes i'm sure yeah uh like I don't know. After a while, I'm just like I have to. I have to spend all this time like walking across a field. Like I don't know. There was kinda... some kind of annoying things like that in that game. Yeah. I, or just, like just you climb personally. a mountain and then it starts to rain and they make you fall and down. You slip off. Yeah. Just like I don't have time. I don't. I can't waste my time like that these days. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'm just like uh, you put in all these hours and, and it's just uh, I don't know. Me personally, I know there's some people who thrive with that kind of stuff and I totally respect that and I think that's awesome. But for me, I don't know. I've just kind of. As time's gone on, I've just kind of lost interest. I, and I wish. Because like, they, they keep releasing you know, the PS5 or the new Xboxes and all these new games that are coming out. And people are always talking about them. I, I, I really can't relate. I'm just like, uh, whatever. That's fine. No, yeah. no. I just feel like part of me feels like I'm missing out. But part of me is like, well, I don't want to force myself to do something. Yeah, if, if you I'm don't enjoy it, in it, no point. Right, exactly. So anyway, that's my little spiel about that. Uh, Matrix fun facts? Oh, I got so many. There's so many good ones on IMDb for this movie. Uh, some I just like never knew before, and I I I would guess I've seen The Matrix like five to ten times and read a lot about it. Mm-hmm. So the the stunt director is a legendary Hong Kong stunt coordinator named Wu Ping Yen, and he initially didn't want to work on the film, so he he gave them like an exorbitant fee for his cost and the the Wachowski. So now they I believe Wachowski, the Wachowski siblings at the, the time siblings, the Wachowski yeah. brothers yeah so siblings. the the now Wachowski siblings basically said okay sure. 
Uh, so then he gave them a list of demands, including having complete control over all the fights that he ex- assumed they would refuse. And he also wanted to be able to train the actors for four months before shooting. And they agreed. And it shows how great it is. Yeah, it kind of paid off because the, the fight scenes are Oh, they're, fan- they're fantastic. Yeah, they're so good. Um, so I don't know if you ever heard this fact before. All scenes that take place within the Matrix have a green tint. They do? Did what? So what tint do the real world scenes have? So did you pick up on this yourself, or did you read this? I, no, I picked up on it. Oh, so did you notice a, a tint in the real world? I would guess red. It's blue. Oh, is it blue? And then the scene where Neo fights Matrix. Uh, sorry, wow. Where Neo fights Morpheus. Okay. It's kind it's of like, in like it's a, like a. It's like a white yellowish. Yellow. Yeah. And that's like a. That's like not the Matrix or the real world. It's kind of like a in like, between training worlds. So they made that one yellow. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I never, I, I never noticed that. Yeah, I, I pulled up a picture right now. Do you know um, another actor was originally approached to play Neo and turned it down? Will Smith. Will Smith. Yes, I did read that. So he yeah. he actually turned it down to star in Wild Wild West. Which oh, I, wow. I actually love that movie. Do you really? Yeah. I, I, I think love we, Wild I, Wild I think West. we need to do like a Kingdom of the Crystal Skull last year or something. Try to convince versus, each other why a movie Wild we West. think is bad is yeah, good. Yeah, with a giant robotic spider, go go for it. I'm fine with that. That was awesome. All giant right. robot spider? That was so cool. <laughs> did you ever see your Kevin Smith talk about yes. that movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone is interested in like <laughs> wasting like forty minutes, Google like Kevin Smith talking about Wild Wild West because he wrote it right, or he was supposed to write it, or he wrote a script for it and then they threw it away, something like that, something yeah. like that, yeah, yeah. And I think in that same like kind of monologue, he talks about uh, Superman, where where uh, Nick Nicholas Cage was going to play uh, the, Superman. Uh, Superman lives. Yeah, I think he talked about. I think he was going to be involved in that too. But anyway, yeah. sidetrack. Uh, so Will Smith doesn't regret it. He says at the time he wasn't he wasn't mature enough, and he quote would have messed it up. So. At least, I mean, he has some good uh, self-reflection on it. Yeah, like I think, I think Keanu Reeves played the role like really well. Yeah, so I, agree. I can't, I can't picture any other actor. No, I agree. It. So in the in the first forty-five minutes of the film, Neo has eighty lines. Forty-four of them are questions. <laughs> I mean, that kind of makes sense because the entire time he's probably just trying to uh, gauge his surroundings and just figure out what's going on. So it's kind of like uh, the movie Inception. I've heard, I, I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but most of the lines in that movie are questions because they're basically just trying to figure out the world that they are in and what yeah. they're experiencing, you know? That's that's a good amount of fun fact. Yeah, so Matrix, all three are on Netflix. Check it out. If uh, Definitely check out the first one. The first one is really like a staple of sci-fi, sci-fi action. action. It, it's just, it, it's a really, like, it's really good sci-fi uh in there also and then we have a fourth one coming out in 2022 starring keanu reeves which like who knows how that's gonna be i i don't i can't who's who wrote it do you know i i believe the wachowski siblings are, are writing it they're at least directing it or one of them's directing it because they wrote i know they wrote it the first one i don't know yeah, if they wrote two same or three. i'm not sure i i i'm not gonna get my hopes up for the matrix four because i have no idea where they're gonna go with it right especially considering the ending of three yeah it'd be kind of weird to especially have Keanu Reeves back. Yeah. So, well. Who knows? I'm sure they could figure uh, figure something out. I am cautiously optimistic. But, uh, and then um, Ready Player One, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I don't think it's on Netflix. But if you have not seen it, definitely check it out. It's a fun time. I'd uh, recommend it too, yeah. My, my wife, she's not really big uh, into pop culture or, you know, movies or video game, that type of kind of stuff and she really liked that movie she she really enjoyed that movie. I, I will say if i had to say one criticism i think there are different ways that media will handle like pop culture references mm-hmm. and s- some that are more like well integrated 
So I think like the way Stranger Things does pop culture references is like is really good. Like they don't really seem out of place. Okay. And they like integrate into the story. Do you think Ready and Player I One? And I kind of think two. the way Ready Player One does it is just like popping up a Transformer and being like, "Hey guys, remember Transformers? Remember Ninja Turtles? See, remember these?" See, it's so it's kind of tough. And then we'll we'll end with this because that's kind of like the whole point of the Oasis. Like it's just there, you know. But the thing with like the Oasis with with Ready Player One the movie is there's a lot of that stuff, but a lot of that's in the background. That like, is true. That's why. So for me, I enjoy Ready Player One, and that yeah. usually would annoy me. But I think it's, it's kind of close enough to, you know, it's close enough to making sense that I'm okay with it. Like it, it, in the end, when you see, yeah, that's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Battletoads, um, Master Chief from Halo. Like when you see all of them, you're just like, oh, there, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. But there's some really good shots in the movie. Like I remember at one part, they go to like a dance club. And for like a second, you see like Harley Quinn dancing, and I was like, "Oh, I'm like that was that was Harley Quinn like in the background, like that's that was pretty interesting." Or they show a quick shot of her, so I do agree that they do kind of hitch over the head with it a little bit, and I think that's some kind of complaints that people have for it, like when you see the T Rex from Jurassic Park or King Kong or something. But that's kind of the shtick of it, though. That's kind of like the whole point. But yeah, I um, definitely check out the book if you haven't checked out the book. The book, the audio book, I've never listened to, but I've heard it's actually better than reading the book. Because it's um, read by Will Wheaton, and he's kind of like the messiah of like nerd. King I of feel. the nerds, yeah. yeah. He's king of the nerds, exactly. So uh, yeah, so check those out. I'm sure they're on Audible, or or maybe you can find them on YouTube. Or if you're a hacker, Neo, put it out for the world to see. So please remember, there's going to be a poll where you can vote for who you think would win between Neo uh, from The Matrix and Parzival from Ready Player One, both fighting in each other's home territory i guess we could say uh so the link for that is going to be in this show's description that's going to take you to a form uh follow that and you can just vote right there uh the votes will be open for however long i have google uh, drive mm-hmm. storage for that we so, could always move it over someday too if we, if we if we run out yeah yeah once we get to episode a thousand or something like that we'll see how it goes uh so check that out and also remember that uh if you go to www.whowouldwincast.com slash vote you can uh, see all the thumbnails of all 108 episodes that have been produced, and you can click on it and vote for who you think would win from those episodes in case you are uh, listening to some of the episodes in the backlog there uh, or just have some opinions on uh, some older episodes. Uh, so please make sure to check that out. Chris, anything else you want to add before we head out of here today? Uh, no. No? Nothing to add. Thanks. All right. Easy enough. No problem. Uh, so please make sure uh, to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Subscribe and rate wherever you listen to podcasts. And please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Win Cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. The Who Would Win Cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win Cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.